Ready? So welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a huge thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me in the adventurous lifestyle. If you guys need any gear for your next adventure, running, camping, climbing, hiking, you guys name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Also, a huge thank you to Free Brewing Co., organic preservative-free beer. You'll find them at Dan Murphy's and BWS. Big black can, silver letters that say free. Organic preservative-free beer. It's a no-brainer. Enjoy, guys. Okay, sorry, everyone. I haven't had any episodes come out lately. After being rogue on a remote island for six weeks, I got back to the mainland and jumped straight in my troopie and just went to the rainforest. I had such an amazing grounding trip. And then, of course, I came home to the madness of Christmas and New Year's fun times. So Happy New Year, everyone, and I hope you had a great time. Now, my New Year's resolution this year is I want to make it to Argentina to climb Aconcagua at the end of the year. So I'm hoping that the borders open up and I get to do this stuff. But anyway, so I want to start uplinking with mountaineers so i'm putting it out there if you guys know of any mountaineer send lords send them my way i want to do podcasts with them i want to uplink with them i want to hang out with these guys okay so now this episode you're about to hear is just something different you're about to meet a guy named lee now he's a pilot he has his own private plane and he's just a young cool dude but the thing is he's using his plane to go camp on remote islands so i'm putting this episode out there because i want to inspire I want to inspire people to do this. I want to see some young kid, instead of spending his money on a brand new full drive, I want to see him go out, get a pilot license, get his own plane, and then use it to travel around the world, chucking his swag in the back, chucking his camping gear. And imagine imagine going around the world or even around Australia like, like Lee does that you're about to hear, but camping in different places, landing on different islands, landing in different countries, you know, and traveling that way. It is just, it just blows my mind. It is so cool. But anyway, enjoy this episode, guys. And I have heaps of episodes recorded and heaps of episodes to come. Yeah, you'd, you'd be used to talking in headphones being a pilot. Are you? Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. You, well, you're not having conversations. They're usually pretty quick kind of quips, you know. When I was whizzing around <laughs> your plane, we had the headphones on with the mic in the mouth, but the only you just had me screaming. Going, ah! Just because I was having so much this fun. Is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you dove the plane. So I go, oh, there's is a little bit of wind, but that'll be okay. Yeah, see that little puff that you can hear through the mic? Yeah, yeah. If it gets bad, we can just block it with the hand. But um I'll keep it in close. Nah, but try not to bump yeah. the uh I'm going to get comfy. You comfy? Yeah, I'm good. All right, Lee, Stodgy. Stodgy, is that is that how you pronounce your last name right? Stodge? Stodge is fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. It's short, short, yeah, it's quick, yeah, short and easy. Yeah, if I, if, um, if I ever look down at this thing, the recorder, it's just because I'm checking to make sure everything's working and that the fact that all my stuff just got wet. Yeah. You know, that was bad, man. I, like I said, so I hitchhiked back from the Percy Islands. 
on this yacht on this boat and we hit these storms and as i as we got back and i was unloading all my gear i pulled everything out didn't even open up my dry bag that had my all my electronic gear in it come got the ferry over to the mainland then went to unpack my stuff open up the bag all my camera gear my podcast gear my laptop all wet <laughs> all wet with salt water as well yeah and so yeah. i went and bought 20 kilos of rice Oh, I ran into you yeah. in the, in the <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Biggest but, bag of rice you could find. Yeah, but um, yeah. just have the mic oh, like, quiet. up a little big, bit more. How's that? Yeah, you, you kind of have it about there, and then that's that's good. But just wherever you're comfortable, I'll, I can move this to you. But how I want to yeah. introduce you, Lee, is actually because, you know, I've been up here the last few months, and I come up every year and hang around the Keppel Islands. But this year, on the Keppel Islands, I saw something different every <laughs> freaking weekend. And every freaking weekend, I'd, I'd see this plane flying low, spinning around. I was thinking they must be doing, like, um, like some tourist flights or something. Yeah. And then I'm on the yacht with Sage about to set sail north. And we see this plane, the same plane I've been seeing every weekend, land on the beach. And this guy, like, jump out, hanging out. And then, you know, obviously I go um, I go out to the Percy Islands, which is 180 k's from here. Mm-hmm. And I'm camping on the beach in the little hut that I've built. Next thing, I hear this same plane. I'm looking up in the sky. There's this green plane whizzing around. I'm like, is that the same plane from the Keppels? And next thing, it lands on the beach. And out you get... You know, um, Lee, Lee steps out. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, dude, I start chatting with you. And I'm like, okay, this is a, a story I want to tell because you, you, you're doing something so different. You know, you're, you're a pilot. But um, that isn't where I want to start. I want to start with how you became a pilot and who you mm-hmm. were be, before this uh, life of fun that you're living, which is, I'm going to call it an adventure pilot, you know, yeah. going to islands and camping on them with your plane. So, Lee, what were you before you were a pilot? Like, oh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Brisbane. Started off oh, when I left school did my trade as an electrician. Always had an interest in flying, but yeah, did my trade. And uh, yeah, it wasn't until after I finished my trade, I was uh, working as a tradesman for a little bit. And uh, the way I got into flying was actually through, or back into flying, I should say, was um, through a mate's dad, uh, who was an airline pilot and uh, used to fly on weekends for fun. And uh, one weekend he invited me to go for a fly with him. And uh, you know, fell back in love with it and like oh, i've got to get back into into doing this so when you say back into it what mm. what before you did your trade well, like were you flying or something yeah like, were you... I, I did it um when i was quite young i got a few lessons and and look i only did about i think it was only about 10 hours of flying um back when i was younger and uh yeah i just couldn't i couldn't afford to do it to be honest i was you know still it's still in i think i was in year 12 at the time but what was your like what was your passion for like what drew you to flying oh i don't know uh from a young age i've just yeah i think from as far back as i could remember like it just interested me the helicopters and planes and uh, that up yeah there. sorry hey, you're right yeah helicopters and planes just interested me yeah just the did you just ever the think... idea of flying but i'd never thought of doing it as so much as a career or anything like that it was always just this fascination with it and it wasn't something i kind of thought i would be able to to just go and do i wonder you know? why is that because did you think within yourself like a pilot no that's for for other people for yeah you know, like kind of like yeah a little bit like that and no one in my family flew so a lot of people that you meet they've got you know uncles or fathers or brothers or something like that someone in the family there's some sort of background a lot of like you know quite often that there's mm. someone that gets them into it because it's 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 a you know it's a bit of an undertaking to go and do so. that's so interesting because it's like you can't 
can't be what you can't see in a way and it's mm. um and I often think about that with people that inspire me that I look up look out to like let's say there's a mountaineer and you're following it on Instagram you're like whoa or like and they're doing this incredible stuff all the time yeah. you're like wow and you're like well yeah that's because that's them and they can do that and yes. you never really think that yeah. you can do that yeah. and then sometimes you see the human element of them or you hear their story and realize that they were just a normal person and are a normal person and then they just had a dream and aspiration and then they just went for that yeah. and became that person yeah. and when you hear that side of like that human element to it you realize you're like oh wait I could do that yeah. because like you have these dreams but you just kind of have this like kind of like lack of self-worth or self-belief that like that isn't for you that's yeah. someone else's yeah you know yeah. so that's really cool that like um you know like you had that dream and end up going for it but what was the the switch for you so you, you did a trade as an electrician so was that because that's what you thought you should do or like were you interested in being a sparky or yeah oh, I guess I guess out of school I wasn't sure what I wanted to to be but you knew sparky's you know, got paid good yeah money. well that's it, it was sparky's <laughs> got paid good money and brother's a plumber so i was like oh well natural natural thing to go into then is going to be a little bit different so i ended up being a, a sparky and you know like yeah i would have loved to have gone into gone into flying but the means to be able to do that it's not easy you know generally the training is 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 quite expensive were, were you um, happy as a sparky oh not as happy as what I am when I'm flying. I didn't mind it, it, but it was it was still a job. Yeah. When your mate's dad like took you to like for another flight and reignited that passion. Yeah. When was it that clicked that you like could see yourself doing it as a career? Oh, I wouldn't say there was a, a click moment. It was more of a, I I um I just went down a, it's kind of like going down a path, I guess. It just kind of I just had this had this reignited that passion and i i went down this path of okay well i'll go and go and get some like you know asked him a few questions about how i go about getting my license and what's involved and things like that so i started off just flying for fun i'd go flying with him i, I did a, a, a bunch of lessons and yeah went and got my recreational pilot's license which is you know it lets you just fly light aircraft there's a few restrictions you're allowed you know a passenger and and you can fly you know so far in it you can you know get endorsements on top of that to you know fly further with doing some navigation skills stuff so, and things like that so who's playing so, when you fly like like say for someone else wanting to do this to like get into it's like, it, yeah um look it's it's more accessible than what people would would be led to believe if you just want to go out and, and do it for fun you can go and get your recreational license and you know you can hire a plane on the weekend and and go for a burn and you know does it cost much it sounds like that oh, sounds expensive um price wise oh um depends where you go um there's big schools little schools little private you know smaller private schools you can go through but you're looking at about don't quote me on the exact figures but roughly 30 hours of, of flying to get your initial ticket you might be looking at 10 12 grand or something like that and uh, and then from there you know you, you can take it from there to wherever you want to go and that's how I eased into it when I say I eased into it I kind of uh it uh yeah got my recreational license I uh started you know a hide hide a friend's plane on, on the weekends and go for little flies up, up along the coast or something like that, take a friend for a fly. And then um, it wasn't long after that where I was like, I'd, I'd love like, I'd love to have my own plane. I don't want to be hiring a plane all the time. I want to 
I was, I was doing it that often and I was like, well, I just want to be able to jump in my own plane and, and go for a fly somewhere. And uh, so I was uh, looking out for planes and um, one day I came across a kit that was for sale, um, uh, which a guy had, uh, had actually bought this kit but had never kind of got stuck into it. It was uh, so, so kit, do you mean like yeah, a kit plane as in a, like all the parts come and then you put it together yourself? It's, uh, it's like a big, big, uh, big boys Meccano set. Um, it's just a flat pack, comes in a box, um, Ikea flat pack looking thing. So, um, yeah, it was um, quite daunting. It's not, I'd never built a plane before and, and uh, I'd known, you know, of people that had. I had some friends that had done it, um, older, older gentlemen at the, uh, at the uh, airfield. So, yeah, I kind of took a bit of a leap of faith and went, you know, I'll buy this and take, take it on as a bit of a challenge. How much did it cost? Like how much does a kit plane oh, a kit, cost? A kit plane costs, oh, depends on, you can buy this kit plane for uh, roughly about $40,000, I believe. Wow. Um, and then, and that comes with mostly everything bar the engine and prop. Um, but yeah, everything from the tyres to the avionics to, um, you know, all your brake lines and electronics, you know, all, your, all the wiring and everything. So pretty much everything's there for you to do. Um, comes with everything. But yeah, then, then as you progress in the build, then you go out and buy your, your engine. And the reason for that is people put different engines in, you know, they, some people throw a you know, 100 horsepower in or they, you know, throw in different brand engines. There's people that use V-dub engines. There's people that use like specific aircraft engines. As an aircraft builder, you're allowed to um, pretty much you've got free reign on on what you build in a way and then yeah it gets inspected at the end of it so make sure it is you know but where, where do you build it like you can't just build it in your backyard because then you got to fly it off well yeah there's there's the there's something to think about when you when you do build but i had a uh, a garage that i then converted into a workshop basically i went down and uh bought a bit of timber and made two big uh tables um and yeah basically got the got the big box home with all the all the parts in it and um yeah pull out the the instruction book and start on chapter one <laughs> <laughs> this joins here pretty much yeah it's it, it it's very daunting at first because you got this kit like is it, like how do i turn this into an aircraft um yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, you just start on chapter one and, and that's usually something like, you know, let's start on the, uh, let's just say that the, the tail fin, you know, you start on one piece and, um, and you just focus on that one piece and it will, you know, really there's only, you know, maybe a dozen pieces of, of aluminium that make up that tail section and you get the skeleton and you start riveting that skeleton piece together, the, the, the substructure. And yeah, you know, a bunch of rivets later, you got this this substructure, and uh, and then you then you put the skin on it, so and you you've built that fin section, and you put it off to one side and move on to the next you go piece. Yeah, the next, and then you yeah. join it. That's what, it. Yeah. How long did it take you to build an aircraft? Oh, uh, about three months to start to to get it all put together, as in all the all the main pieces, I guess, to get them all kind of riveted together and uh, the structure starting to look like a, a plane. Um, and that's working on it, you know, full full time, Monday to Friday type stuff. And, but I mean, people just do it what in their spare time as a project. Yeah, yeah, you do it on your weekends or when you've got some free time and it just depends on how much time and energy, you know, it might take so, 400 hours of, of 
of four, four to five hundred hours of building to, to build something. So it depends on how often you allocate those hours. Did, to did you quit your job it. to do that if you're doing it Monday I was actually in between jobs. Um, so I did this as I was. Uh, I'd, I was working on a construction project and uh, I was waiting for that project to come to an end. Then I had this time just to just to sink into this project in between jobs. So, <laughs> um, what, what, yeah. what was it like the day that you were ready to fly it? Oh, so you, you've built, you spent three months, you've spent whatever you, 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 you you've gotten yep. this. Are you are you still doing flights in between? You know, you, you're brushing up on your skills while you're building it. To be honest, uh, it was. Uh, uh, every every spare minute I had that I could, I was I was getting stuck into this project because I just I just wanted to get it flying. I was I was at the stage I'd, I'd pumped a lot of time into it, and I was like, I just need to get this done. That's so, so fucking cool, and because so, it's hard too. Like the thing is, I remember when I was uh, first building the troopy, not this one, my old one, mm. and I thought it was going to take me like two weeks, and it ended yeah. up taking me three months to build the thing. Yeah, and it was like. And it's just actually the same as my house, blood, sweat, and tears. Mm -hmm. You know, you go through so many emotions and I suppose that's the point of we do, we, we give ourselves purpose in life or challenge ourselves because it's that reward at the end when yeah. we actually pull something off incredible. Yeah. So I'm guessing that was the same with you with a freaking Ikea kit trying yeah. to like, try putting a table together, you know, yeah. like with, <laughs> my sister does it to me. She'd be like, oh, I just bought like this bit of furniture. Can you come put it together? And you're like, okay. And you yeah. think it's going to be easy, and of course, like you don't read the instructions because you're like, yeah, no, fuck, this is it. And the next thing you're fucking so deep in it, and you're yeah. frustrated, and you're swearing, and then you decide to read the instructions. And yeah, <laughs> and well, a lot of the time I used to get asked, like, oh, how do you know you got all the pieces in? Or, you know, how do you know you didn't miss a bolt or anything like that? Yeah, well, but, but yeah, it's not, it's not as uh, convoluted, for lack of a better word, I guess, uh, of, of trying to figure that stuff out. It, the kit comes. You know, cut to shape. The pieces are like drilled out, the CNC yeah. machine cut out. So there's holes where rivets go, and yeah. you know the, the instructions are detailed. Like it's very step by step. But were you, so, were you scared on your first flight that you either might have fucked it up or they missed something or like <laughs> like wouldn't that be scary? Like you've just built this aircraft, like you're going yeah. into the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. once you're up there, it isn't like oh, okay, oh, fuck, I forgot to do that yeah oh no there's, there's no landing gear shit yeah Fuck. there's 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 a lot of checks that go on before that you you kind of uh you go over it so yeah you've you you jig the wings and and you check that they're you mm. know jigged up right you go over all the nuts and bolts and everything like that you check in the controls so are you good you at know, that stuff are you patient yeah. Cause I'm look i had patient. a friend yeah you, i had a friend that was actually able to help me go over it just like a second set of eyes and a yeah. third set of eyes go over it as well um, and just check it out from front to back and just make sure that they, you know, that you haven't missed anything and, yeah, just get another set of eyes on it. And like I said, check the controls. The controls do this and, you know, move move the um, controls in the right direction and everything like so, that. But it's all engineered. So the kit itself, it's all it's all engineered and, and it's, it's interesting to see how it all goes together and you see how it all kind of ties in and gets its strength. And, uh, so you trusted it? Like you, you felt safe? Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 They, they, they put I didn't out, feel safe in it. <laughs> when the eddies come off the mountains like yeah, when we're on the island of, it is it is light and it's, oh, uh, God. yeah you feel the feel a few bumps but look when it's when it's a nice and smooth you know late in the morning uh, late in the afternoon or early in the morning it's it's quite 
quite beautiful. To so, find. what was it? What was that day like when you went for your Take, first taking fly? off? Yeah, after all the checks, like you're checking the weight and the weight and the balance of it, and and making sure you got thrust on it. So you're tying it down and you check how much thrust you've got. So you know the thing's gonna fly. You know, fly. So you made made pretty sure of that. But more excitement than anything. More just like. You know, because you're confident. You, yeah. You're not. It's you're. You've got this confidence of like it's not a question of if or not it's going to fly. It's like, you know, let's just make sure everything's right and let's go flying. So what was your dream? Like, okay, to build a plane, but like, mm. what was your dream? Like the freedom that it was going to give oh, you. Oh yeah. Like, like while you're building it, what was like the purpose? Were you like, once I get this plane, is like the world your oyster? And this is, like, did you know you're going to be using it for like how you've been using it? No, again, it's it's kind of eventuated into into this. It's kind of morphed into this, you know, different different world, like just opening things up that you just didn't think were were possible. But at first, um, you thought like, oh, you just do a recreational flight yeah, from one airstrip you've, to another. Exactly. And you, then, you fly from you know place to place. You do a few trips. You go on a few adventures. But the the places you get to go and the things you get to see is is just incredible and the ease of it you know just being able to jump in and and go oh let's go let's go here and check that out like that looks mm. you, you just yeah you can go on so many adventures and trips and you know load 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 up for a bit like load um pack your bags and a tent and sleeping bag and and off you go go on a go on a bit of an adventure when did you realize like that you could do that that you could go land on an island and camp on it like where did that idea come from oh was anyone doing it oh people people do it yeah i mean it's it's not so much new it's more just people i guess don't know about it i guess like it's it's probably not the most common recreational thing to do out there and people you know it's, it, it is different but yeah you get into the scene of it and you see you know, you see the follow the things on YouTube and, and you know, you talk to people and you hear what they've done and different adventures that they've they've been on and you get ideas and yeah. you're always looking for places to go. Well, the Percy Islands, like where, where I met you, yeah. you know, that took us seven days because of weather to sail up there. Yeah. It took us two and a half to sail back. Yeah. And you, like, how does it work for, for you? So are you, like, how, how does, like, the... How does the plane now, okay, so you've got it, you, you take off, you're flying it, yep. but how does it like go into your, your, your life now? Like, like what's, it, what's the scenario? How did it even come about going to the Percy's? Like, you okay. know, where, where do you store the plane? Yep. How do you prep to go like on a <laughs> so trip? Many how, how do you freaking do it? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, oh, the Percy trip. How did the Percy trip come about? Um, I'd heard about the Percy Islands and uh, it was always wanted to go and check it out so with the girlfriend we jumped in and we um went for a fly up to check out some other islands actually marble island and some other ones and we were up that way and i'm like oh actually not that far from the the percy islands we'll we'll fly over there and have a look flying over and i was having a look at some of the beaches and i'm like oh there's the the a-frame and i'm like oh that'd be a really cool place to go and visit you know i'd it's a small beach, as you as you know, um, to get a get a plane in there. So we checked it out and and scoped it out a bit, and um, I measured it up and to to see how long it was just on on Google Earth to to get a, a length on it. And yeah, we we checked it out. I flew back. I was over on um, Keppel actually, and got talking to a couple that had come down from there on their yacht, and they were telling me about um, 
the, the beach up there and I had a few questions for them, you know, what's the, what's the sand like? How hard is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they put me on to uh, the, the leaseholders up there. Robin and Annie uh, Cook. Robin and Annie, yep. And uh, so I gave them a call and, and kind of, uh, yeah, I had a chat to, to, to Robin and I'm like, oh, what's the, what's the chance of being able to fly up there and, and, and land there at your place? And he's like, yep, come on in. So, much to my surprise, uh, very, very welcoming. So yeah, we, we flew up there, I think it might have been the following weekend or something, uh, when, I, when I met you. So yeah, we loaded the plane up with uh, a bit of, uh, well, basically just food and, and stuff. Hey, and, hey Richard, um, here's your uh, father-in-law. <laughs> Your girlfriend's dad coming over. I'm just interviewing him uh, for Diaries of the Wild Ones on um, on his his adventurous lifestyle with a plane. The fact that he can ride around, uh, fly around. I mean, islands and camp on them. And we're just uh, in the story of him getting to the Percy Islands. Oh, good on you. <laughs> good flying. Yeah, it's yeah. quite different, isn't it, Richard? I'd say so. It's a novel way of getting to the island. It's a great way of getting around. Yeah, I was just saying, it took yeah. me seven days. He was there in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it's convenient yeah but yeah it's, it's just different different way of adventuring i guess so yeah i mean yeah. do you want to sit down and and listen to the rest or <laughs> i'm heading off i've got things to do uh richard yeah. it was lovely meeting you and you yeah, too listeners there's richard here <laughs> <laughs> uh, well good luck with your boat yeah thank you kindly i suppose it's uh it's only a matter of time and money. Yeah, <laughs> like anything. That's boats. Yeah, that's and, boats and, and planes. planes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And planes. Hey, nice same thing. You. Nice meeting you, Richard. Gotcha. So, so yeah. So you, you you spoke to Robin and Annie Cook, and you mm-hmm. you're flying out. And um, this is what was really cool too for for an adventure, not the fact that you're just going on an adventure. And suddenly there's these two islanders, you know, that run the Percy Islands up there, the leaseholders. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a plane flying. It was so exciting. There's so there was pretty much three to four people on the island at that time, and I was one of them. And we get the word, you know, going around on the radio that there's a plane flying in. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that first initial landing, like, mm. do, you, do you get nervous when you're first landing in a different area? It's it's planning. So, mm. yeah, you, 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 you don't just go in just on a, on a hunch. Um, you make certain of, of where you're going and, and what you're doing and, and come up with a plan. And, and um, yeah, you, you, you're getting some information before you go. Yeah. Just putting into you know landing somewhere you've never landed before so so could you with your plane i know i know it's small but what's stopping you mm-hmm. from because so what you, you you rent a hangar in your in your poon is it a private airstrip yeah correct yeah yeah just a private property um at a at a uh, at a station i guess a cattle station um type place that, that has a hangar on it so. and it doesn't cost much hey no a couple of hundred bucks a month yeah it's it's usually pretty pretty good you can yeah, yeah. that's right. usually the hardest one of the hardest things is, is insurance and, and insuring the thing in, you, yeah insurance and, and finding somebody to keep it do you um, have to get clearance by. to leave like the cattle station do you have to like call up air no, people and, and not stuff? there there's there's a couple of different types of airspace classifications so um we're just outside the rockhampton airspace where we are so we can we can just uh you know make a make a, a general broadcast on the on the local frequency um, and that's just talking to directly to to other aircraft in the area, um, but yeah, we're not actually getting a clearance or, or speaking to air traffic control per se. So. so, what's stopping you, or have you done this? What's stopping you from going like anywhere? 
nothing's yeah like not you, you're not limited you no. like because i i've talked to you before about other trips that you've done and you mm. even showed me a photo of filling up in a service station in um wait should we allow we allowed to yeah. do that? I have to cut <laughs> that out no 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 that's that's that was all good yeah we we've uh i've flown up uh well all over australia i've done trips around australia and across australia and back and forth but um yeah, that, that was up in the Northern Territory and uh, that uh, roadhouse actually had an airstrip out the back and I'd spoken to the owners about flying in there and um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a you know place where you can fly into and, and taxi around and you know shut down and then pull pull the plane around to the bat houses and um, throw, in a, throw in a bit of fuel. And I'm just going to paint the, the picture here from the video that you showed me like mm -hmm. um, that it's actually at a service station, Bowser's, and there was like cars beeping at you because your wings were just blocking the service station. Well, like you're filling up this plane. Imagine just being like driving along and be like, oh, honey, we've got to get some fuel. And coming yeah. like, well, there's a plane taking up the room. I don't, I don't think I've met anyone that's been upset more curious than anything. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone thinks it's, 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 it's different. And uh, yeah, they, they see a plane there and they, they hop out and they take their photos so, and things like that. And then you, yeah, you top up and you have a chat to them and they ask you a bunch of questions and uh, you know, drag your, drag your plane away. And So is it possible to, for you, to chuck your camping gear in, say like a swag or some camping gear mm -hmm. in the back, yep. take off from your poon, Yep. land anywhere like as in like oh not anywhere but like you know well anywhere yeah the Keppel Islands go go to Percy's keep going up land in like could you go around Australia can you? you you can go around Australia you do have to think about where you're landing you can't just go and land anywhere you can you can more or less fly anywhere but you do need to speak to the landowner to, to get permission to land on their property is there ways so um, you just got to pre-plan it pre-plan like if yeah, you want to go to Broome you want to go where you want to know where you're going so yeah if you if you're going to Broome you spend a bit of time planning where you're going to go and uh yeah planning your fuel stops uh, obviously you, you've got to look at your weather um look at your fuel um and plan your stops and on where you can get fuel um, what, what about if where you, you can stop and yeah what's stopping you from going like like say like where mainland Australia going out yeah. to like Lord Howe, Norfolk. Then from there you can go to like um, Tahiti, Look, Solomon's. People have done it. Fiji. People have done it. It's it's it, anything's possible. It it just the logistics of it become a little bit more, uh, especially in this day and age. Is now. it just getting it fuel bit, and like it might be a bit Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, getting getting um, permits. Obviously, there's you know immigration and. Um, those sorts of things you need to, to worry about flying that far over ocean that's another thing you really need to think about as well life um, raft life raft yeah yeah and notifying the the relevant people that you are traveling you know overseas and things like that so um but is it yeah. is it's doable like is it hard to do that because like I know, like when I plan a trip, especially like you got to look at like what visas you need, you pre-plan it and stuff like that. Is it just the yeah. same kind of thing? Yeah, a little bit more involved. I've never done it. I've never never flown a private aircraft overseas. But yeah, there there are people that can help you with it. It's not something that you would plan a couple of days beforehand. It's a it's a bit of an undertaking. But what's, what's the biggest trip you've done? Oh, I've been back and forth across Australia a couple of times. So. Um, I did, uh, I, f I flew my plane over to Broome, did it once uh, with uh, an, an Outback Air Race, it was a fundraiser for the RFDS, 
So we had about 38 aircraft uh, fly from Brisbane to Broome over 10 days, and that was a lot of fun. We're just stopping uh, and camping out with the yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of the, the planning of it was all organised where we were stopping. So, um, yeah, we stopped at a bunch of different, you know, little towns, um, you know, up through Longreach and Mount Isa and uh, out to, where'd we go, up to Tyndall. So yeah, what, out through Kundanara and out, out to Broome. I just love the world's your oyster. It's just your vehicle for adventure. And like, mm. you know, like I'm always going on about yachts because it's like this raw adventure and you, you, you're with Mother Nature. And then like there's motorbike trips where you can, you know, jump on a motorbike with like have your camping stuff on the back. You know, there's the troopy. I'm in my troopy. There's vanning. You know, it's yeah. all just a vehicle to go adventure. But yours is a freaking aer- club, aer- <laughs> aeroplane, <laughs> aircraft. What? What, what do you call them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an aircraft, aerocraft. Aerocraft. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I just freaking man, like when you when I met you and everything, and I was seeing what you're doing, landing on a beach and camping, I started thinking about all these dreams about like going around the world doing this shit, you know? <laughs> like wow, like it, like the world's your oyster from A to B. It's just like like I said, like efficiency. Yeah. Like your plane doesn't. How much fuel does it use to get to the Percy Islands? Oh, it's it's quite efficient on fuel this one, but uh, look. Uh, about 15, 16 litres an hour of uh, a bit of premium. So, so, so that let's look. I, I make my troopy burns up. I would, yeah, I would liken it to owning a four-wheel drive. Basically, yeah. it's um, like I said, it's not unattainable. Anyone could could really do it um, if, you, if you're passionate about something. Well, if you're you really can, thinking you about, it, you said it. like you know, let's say ten or twelve grand, say 40, 50, 60 grand for a plane. Like really, yeah. if you it was your passion. You sit and save. People, saved have, and people have more expensive four-wheel drives in their driveway, you know. And they, they, uh, you know, you think of a plane, and and you you do like you you think they're that, and they can be expensive, like like anything. Depends on on how much you want. You're willing to spend on it, but yeah, it's it's doable. Have you had any hairy situations in the air, like being a pilot? Because I I know like we didn't touch base on this, but mm. you right now you're working as a commercial pilot for the mines. You're flying miners in and out from Correct. Rockhampton. Yeah, but like in all the years of flying, like have you had any hairy situations? Because I saw you land on the beach um, the other day with your mate, and like. That you kicked the tail out because um, the wind was the the bit of the wrong direction. You needed to wash off speed, and we're watching you come in. And then next thing, you just like kicked the tail out and just like swung the side and just pulled up and then landed on the beach. And it was wild. <laughs> we're like, what the hell? And you're like, no, nah, that's cool. It's just yeah. that's what you do. But for us, like as observers, yeah. it just looks it looks wild. But then yeah. I was like, you know, as the weather change or big winds hit you and mm. it just suddenly dropped you. Like when, when we were flying up over that mountain and the wind hit, the plane dropped. Yeah. It's just like you've got your hands on the controls. Like, do you, you know, jerky movements, or does it suddenly drop too much and you can't get control? Or no, like, no, you 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 roll with it. They're they're not huge movements. They're, I mean, if you've never flown before, like in the, in a the small aircraft, then it can be a little bit more. What? Uh, 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 it's not something you're used to, but you get it's something you build up. You know, you get used to it. But well, what's um, the scariest moment you've ever had in the air? Scariest moment? Oh, I don't think I've had any super scary moments or anything like that. There's there's times when you're more stressed out than others. You got a little bit more to think about. The the one time where I have had to uh, get the plane on the ground was I was actually coming back from um, Western Australia and uh, I was flying along and uh, had developed a small leak in the coolant. Um, and I'd noticed some coolant on the on the wing strut, and you know it was in a pretty remote area, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm, you know, it's 
things are going to start, you know, warming up, obviously, without coolant. So, um, Could you yeah. see it? Were you looking at... So you started I couldn't see where the, the problem was. But no, I could, the engine I could, gauges? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, looked at the engine gauges and then, then looked at, you know, where possibly go. So, um, yeah, I had just flown over a station. So it was a quick, you know, just a U-turn. And the beautiful thing about that aircraft is you can put it down just about anywhere it's, it's kind of it's, field. it's kind of like the jeep of the yeah it's like a it's like a four drive it's it's kind of like the jeep of the skies it's it can kind of you know it's got big fat wheels on it and you can kind of how far do you it, need as an airstrip oh look you can as long as you've got a good approach you're not coming over you know big gum trees or something like that but um you know if you've got a good approach into somewhere you can you can have the wheels on the ground and pull up within you know less than 100 meters and what about um, taking off yeah same thing again it, it's off you know weight dependent but if it's just me on board i'm off the ground in less than 50. So, wow and then it just yeah climbs like a uh, homesick angel just yeah point the nose up and up she goes i know when you flew into the wind uh coming off the beach you took mm. off in about 50 meters because i was laying at about 200 <laughs> meters with the camera thinking you're going to go over me yeah and you just took off and flew out to sea and i was like didn't it yeah i was like oh shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you just took straight off yeah so um yeah it's a, it's a short takeoff and landing aircraft so so what happened when you landed on the station did you have to notify them or did you just suddenly land on the ground and, and was there anyone around did yeah like... so the farmer farmer came out i'd, I'd kind of come over the top and and circled around and had a look at the airstrip just to you know check it out make sure there wasn't any you know cattle divots power lines all that kind of stuff kind of you got to you've got to start thinking about and i suppose if a farmer's sitting there in remote australia and he hears like this plane he's like oh he knows something's up it's yeah like, it's not like it's quiet so, <laughs> yeah yeah well you know the, the engine's still running and things yeah. but but by this stage by the time i'd gotten to the airstrip the, the temperature had actually started to come up <gasps> on the coolant and i'm um, like oh you know i'm gonna need to yeah get this on the ground pretty soon otherwise i'm gonna damage an engine so yeah better to kind of get it on the ground we still got engine power so um you know, well, how do you do it without engine power? Do you just float it, on they down? They glide, yeah, yeah. So you know, when you're flying along, taking off, landing, you always got that in your mind of, and you, you do just become um, used to thinking about that that kind of thing. You know, having options in your head of, of where you can go and, and what you're going to do if if uh, you know were to have an engine failure, but. It's very unlikely. It's not like, you know, kind of like driving your car down the street. It's, it's pretty rare you're driving your car and, you know, the engine just stops for no reason. Yeah, so but it happens. It does. Well, yeah. I've got RACQ. You're in the sky, man. Do <laughs> yeah. you ever, like, turn your engine off when you're in the air and just glide? Uh, no, but you can simulate it. Yeah, so you can pull the power back and it's pretty much you're in a glide then when you've got no, you know, it's just an idle. So, yeah, and they, and they glide, you know perfectly fine usually when you're coming down to landing you don't have much power on at all if any so yeah you you get the feel for the plane i've got over a you know, thousand hours in that plane now so it's kind of like an extension of my body almost these days so um you do get pretty used to it um, so so when you landed on this airstrip mm -hmm. what did the farmer do what did you he was a great guy actually um yeah he came over and uh explained to him what happened by the time i got out and, and shut down the engine as soon as possible because the temperature was coming up quite rapidly so i shut the engine down and um you know got out and and had a look and there's uh the uh, the coolant actually you know squirting out of the uh the radiator and uh yeah so uh, he gave me a hand gave me some uh, uh some helped me out with some tools and we took it over to his shed and put the air compressor on it to find the the hole then he uh we were like well we can't not gonna be able to fix this here or anything so um he actually lent me his land cruiser and i drove uh, about two hours to townsville 
So yeah, about two hours out of Townsville and uh, drove in there and um, they, I took it to a radiator shop. They weren't able to fix it just from the nature of the, um, the type of hole it was. And I ordered a new one up from Melbourne and uh, the, yeah, new, new radiator up from Melbourne and got that the next day and drove back out and fitted it up and, you know, a bit of coolant and we got her out of there. Did you take so. him a can of beer? I did actually. I took him two cartons. I took him two cartons of beer. You're like, mate, you're a top um, bloke. Here's yeah, some beer. Yeah, absolute legend. So, um, yeah. Fuck. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's just one of those things that that, that had had happened. So um, yeah, it was all good. Fuck. So I, I I suppose it's not like sailing. You know, you are in a plane. You can see the the storms coming at you. You can either fly around them, or what? Can you fly above them, or like? You avoid them as much as you, as yeah. You, you stay well clear of storms. They're they're not nice. Are you ever they're flying violent. in lightning? <laughs> no, you stay away from that stuff too. So any any sort of well developed system, you stay well clear of. What about when you're doing your commercial flights? Same thing. Yeah, you, you got we got weather radar on board, and um, you know we look at the the uh, ground radar stuff because we've got you know you got internet connection before you before you leave you know you kind of get an idea of, of where stuff is and usually it's quite isolated so yeah if you need to go you know 10 20 miles to the left or right that's what you do you just you kind of get around it and what what so. <laughs> i'm just like yeah but what for it's <laughs> what just if, such what a if? different world what, yeah. what, what if the storm system's right on the runway and you're taking this crew in and there's yeah. like lightning do you have to turn around yeah if that's what you need to do yeah it's you, you plan for that so you know you have weather forecasts for for the aerodrome and and it'll tell you whether there's a likelihood of a storm and if there is then you take extra fuel with you just so that you can either a hold until the storm passes or you know option b is is fly to an alternate aerodrome and land there and and fuel up you know if you need to and, and try when the storm's Past. So what you're saying is it's not um, always the airline's fault when uh, flights no. are delayed. It's sometimes it actually sometimes is it weather. Is. Sometimes, sometimes it is the weather. So everyone's right. there swearing at the flight attendants as a poor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, no, there's a storm. I'm telling you. Yeah. No. Yeah. As as much as you might be eager to get somewhere, it's always better to err on the side of caution and stay well away from anything that might be a bit dangerous like that. So. Yeah. yeah. So so what's next with you and the plane adventures? Oh, what next? Oh, I, I'm just thoroughly enjoying being up here at the moment and and you know exploring different different areas of uh, the coast so different islands different islands so what's been yeah. your favorite island so far oh 100 the, the percy's ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say that. oh it's an amazing place you know, the history behind it and um and the people there have been awesome you know and, and nanny have been so welcoming and you know um being able to just and get away raw. from everything yeah that's it you exactly get away from everything like it, everything yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly there's no no cell service it's just yeah you get up there and you know you've got these nice sandy beaches white sandy beaches beautiful clear water and coconut trees you know yeah and what's not to love and that footage and there's some footage on, on my instagram and i'll put up some more for this episode about um you know what it looks like you flying over and, and looking down on those reefs because it is mm. you get the bird's eye view and i suppose yeah. that's why you do it and and what was um interesting with me is that i'd been on the percy islands and i'd been on a yacht there i'd been on the land i dove the whole island and i'd hiked the whole island and then actually to go up in the plane and look 
down from a bird's eye view. It was a whole nother world. And I saw everything in a different way, a different aspect. And it was like I learnt so much more. Like I was looking at the reefs I was diving and I was seeing new ground and different things. I was like, oh, why haven't I gone there? Or like, what? You know, it was like, then we we went up to um, the highest part of the Castle Rock that has that huge drop off. And I, so when I hiked up there, I got on top of the rock and then I climbed down onto this ledge and did some breath work. We went up to that ledge and I looked and that was a kick out ledge that had like a cave under it of this like shallow rock that could have just like fallen like 600 <laughs> meters to my death. But you know, we only saw that because of the, the yeah, different perspective. The different things. perspective. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I hope my mum doesn't see that. You know? <laughs> I thought it was pretty wild when I climbed down. And actually, yeah. when I saw that from the plane, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, but yeah beautiful views. Un- unreal. And you, and the sea life you get to see. You, know, you see the sharks. You see the turtles. Yeah. Well, we saw the, the sharks over the Perseids. Like, mm. I, I had them following me around spear, and they started learning my gun. They started hassling me a bit. And then when we actually flew up, I was seeing at least one shark a dive by the end of it. And then when we flew up, like we just went over Rescue Bay and there was just four sharks right in the shallows. Yeah. We just like, you're just looking and you're like, oh, there's hundreds of sharks. You yeah. know, it's not like I just see one. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like <laughs> out of sight, all, out of yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. counting. We're just sitting there <laughs> counting them. Dude, dude, what an, what an adventure. The world is your oyster. You can get up, you can, as the crow flies, as the bird flies, you can go anywhere you want. Unique, yeah. unique way of traveling. And that's um, why I really wanted to, to share your story and share your unique way of, of adventuring yeah. and um, do you have any words of wisdom for anyone wanting to do it? Oh, anyone wanting to, it's a cliche to say just go do it, follow, follow what you want to do but yeah I don't know like it's, it's not as, if it's something you're interested in, in uh, it's not as, I guess, it, there's, a, there's a way of doing it basically, it's not as unattainable as what you think it might be. Um, yeah, go yeah. out, go out, and and get a trial trial lesson flying, and go for a fly, and um, you know, speak to people, and you know, get to get to know what's involved, and yeah. You just go down to the local air club. Yeah, you can just go down. Yeah, just go down to your local aero club, and uh, yeah, we'll call up a school, call up a different few different schools, get a few different ideas about which way you want to go with it, whether it's something <laughs> yeah. you want to. Which way you want to go? Whether you want to do it for fun, whether you want to do it for uh, for for work. This is um, pretty funny, and I said it to um, you know the girl that you're dating that uh, you know, and I, I'm going to say this for all the young crew that um, want to want to you know that are inspired by this, you know, get a plane. It's like you landed on this remote beach to camp in a treehouse in your plane with a with a beautiful looking woman, and you get out. Was, this is this full Top Gun moment watching you, you land in this plane, and the first thing I said to to Lex, the girl you're dating, was like. Did you do this for your first date? And, you, and, he, and she goes, "No, nah, it was our second. He took me up on the plane." I was like, "Dude, what a what a fucking date!" You could go imagine that. Like, oh, excuse me, love, you want to go on a? I'll t- would you like to go on a date with me? You know, like instead of doing like a picnic up on the headland, you you could pack the plane. Oh no, with a we picnic. did that. We did that. You did we, that first. We, we flew to the island, hiked up to the headland, and had a picnic up there. Really? Yeah. Oh no, no. Sorry, we had a picnic under the wing. Sorry, we walked up the headland, came back down, had a picnic under. Was the Was that wing. your second date? That was the second date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude, that's brilliant. Something, something different. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What a way to uh, smitten. <laughs> <laughs> Young guys listening to this, take note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not all about big full drives. Sometimes it's about planes. Have <laughs> no. yeah, you noticed that all the young guys right now? They've just got these big full drives, all jacked up, and going camping. Yeah, good on them. They're going out. But um, 
when they do that, please take your garbage with you. Because mm, I keep yes. going to where young fellows are camping with their full drives out in the bush and they're leaving their garbage. And yeah. so I just want to want to say, come on, we're here to enjoy the natural world. We're here to play with it. We're here to connect with it. Let's, um, let's look after it too. 100%. Yeah. You might see that from the air. You probably see them doing it. Oh, look, <laughs> I, I have, we have actually flown into places before and actually had garbage bags we've gone along the shoreline and, and picked stuff up thrown in the plane and, and flown off again so mm. so yeah it's um it, it's it's frustrating to see when you yeah. see some of the stuff that just gets thrown in these places is just incredible and you just hate to see stuff just carelessly thrown on the beach it's frustrating yeah so, there's no need for it yeah you can just whiz out whenever you want <laughs> all right dude um <laughs> dude thanks for um yeah on the podcast i want to formally thank you for, um, you know, because you, you flew out with Chicky Babe and, and camped out there and I met you and then you flew back out with one of your mates and you and you bought me some beer. Um, I did that funny video. <laughs> you bought me out to, you know, you felt sorry for this dude, you know, camping on the beach uh, out, out on this remote island and you, you bought me some supplies. You bought me chocolate. Dude. All the important you stuff, yeah, chocolate, beer, chocolate, beer, yeah. All the things that, you know, like just, you know, <laughs> that, you know, you got to do for the boys. And um, I really want to thank you for that because... Um, you know, and just the experience having that with you and taking me up for a flight and, and also just opening my eyes up to this different way of traveling. And, um, mm. and you know, people listening to this, it's pretty fucking cool when you're hanging out on some remote beach and then some plane just lands on it. <laughs> just, <laughs> and these guys get out and they're just having a good time. So, um, yeah, good on you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, nah, no worries. Um, <laughs> all right, listeners, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Lee. Gotcha. I hope you guys like this episode. Now, remember, I've got prizes to give away for whoever shares it for me. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, put it on your social media story, tell your mum. Send me a message, send me a screenshot, or I'm just going to see it on Apple Podcasts anyway, or I'm going to see it on social media, and every week I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to send them an O-Penal Knife or a Diaries of the Wild Ones t-shirt. Enjoy, guys, and thanks for listening. Do it like a double.